So he comes back home in rags. He comes back home in filth. And the first thing the father does is cover him with a royal garment. He covers his sin. He covers his past. He completely redeems him. Praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Revival Fire, and today's message is part number three of that series. It is subtitled, I Need a Favor. Have you ever said that before? I need a favor. Well, today we're going to talk about the favor and the grace of God in the lives of everyday born-again believers like you. Because God's pouring out favor all over the place. And let me tell you, you're going to advance the kingdom of God in ways you've never even dreamed possible. So stick around. Now, don't forget, if you want to hear this entire message or the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can subscribe to our podcast, either on Google Play or the Apple Store, download the app, go to the YouTube page, Vimeo page, and there's so much more. So check it out today, right there at kingdomrock.org. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, I Need a Favor, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Revival Fire, and this is part number three of that series. And today we're going to subtitle this, I Need a a favor. You may have asked somebody that question before or said that to somebody. Look, I need a favor. April, I need a favor. Can I, I, I need a favor. I need, I need a favor. You know, sometimes we may say that a lot, right? I need a favor. So we're going to be speaking about that today. Now, what is favor? And I just pulled this out of the regular dictionary. Uh, favor is an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. It's an act of kindness. I need an act of kindness. I know this is unusual, but I need this from you. You know, uh, favor is also an advantage that you have, rather an advantage that you uh, give to someone, such as money or a good job, especially when this is unfair. You've heard the saying that favor is not fair. How did you get that promotion over me? I've been here 20 years and you just walked in the door 20 minutes ago. And how did you get that promotion? Favor. Favor of God is not fair. But it is just when the father releases it. Favor is also kindness that is not earned or deserved. Kindness that is not earned, earned or deserved. Now, if you owe me $100... I'm not going to say to you, uh, I need a favor. I need my $100. No, that's not a favor. That's give me my money. Favor is something, true favor is something that you haven't earned and you don't deserve. You say, hey, I need a favor. Yeah, I know this is out of your way, but can you take me to so-and-so place? Can you take me to the mall, you know? I know you're just getting out of bed, and I know you worked all night long, and I know you're tired, but I need a favor. I didn't earn it, don't deserve it, but I'm, I'm coming to you really for an act of kindness. Are you hearing? So we're going to talk about favor today and, uh, in this revival, uh, revival Fire series. Now let's turn our Bibles to the book of uh, Luke 15, Luke 15, uh, verses 1 
uh, two and three. And before we do that, we're going to uh, have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you in Jesus name for this day, for this moment that you've given us to gather around your rich word. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus by faith at this moment that you will usher a word to your people, that you would utter a word to your people. Lord God, that will strike the spirit of man and cause them to be revived. I'm believing you, Father, that as this word is spoken, lives will be changed. People will be healed, delivered, and set free. So Lord, use this form, use this voice to speak a word to the nations. And I believe you're doing that even right now by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's look here again at Luke, the 15th chapter. I want to have a great time today, and I'm thankful that you're praying with me today. Luke 15, verses 1, 2, and 3, very familiar text of Scripture, and uh, you'll see this very familiar text, but this is how it starts. It says, Then drew near unto him, unto Jesus, all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribe murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Verse three, and he spake this parable unto them, saying. So we're about to go into a parable in just a moment, but I want you to see here that uh, Jesus was once again under fire. Once again, being criticized, being mocked, because people uh, were coming to him that the religious leaders didn't agree with. They said that these were sinners, that, that these were publicans. Why are these people coming to Jesus? Well, because they felt comfortable in his presence. And they came to hear a word from him. Now, here's an indictment. I pray that you hear this. Here's an indictment. How many, and I, or, or I pray, it's either an indictment or a confirmation. If the shoe fits, you wear it. Do sinners feel comfortable enough to come to you? Do those who don't know Jesus, those who are lost, feel comfortable in your presence, comfortable enough to come around you and hear from you? Why do we say that? Because historically we've known people, judgmental, critical, Amen. that the lost don't feel comfortable coming to them at all. Matter of fact, they see him in oh, oh. Right? And they run the other way. Isn't that true? Amen. Now, so one is Jesus and one is not. They've called themselves holier than thou. Oh, I'm so holy. I carry this Bible. Ooh, 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 ooh. And they do all this shaking and going on, shaking and going on, and say, oh, oh, you know, Jesus, 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 love you. I'm blessed and highly favored. You hear all these type of words, right? I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed and highly favored. But they'll cuss you out the next minute. Am I not telling the truth? question is, can a sinner feel comfortable in your presence? Comfortable enough to come and sit down with you. One is of Jesus and one is not. Make sense? And so after this point, the Lord begins to tell them about, I believe, uh, of the lost sheep and uh, the lost coin about things being lost and things being restored. And, and when you get a chance, read the entire 15th chapter. 
But we're going to look at the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Very familiar text of scripture. But I want you to see this in different eyes because there's something that God wants to transfer to you. If you'd allow him today, and I'm thankful that you're here. My God, I can feel it. This is very good. There's an open door. Hallelujah. Stan, there's an open door. That's very good. There's something that God wants to transfer to you during, during this uh, portion of scripture. And I want you to hear it. Now, we're going to read verses 11 through 32. Because it's a little bit long, I've solicited the help of Kingdom Rock Media. And Kingdom Rock Productions has done it again. And they have put together uh, this production. They put it together on last night. And uh, they did a great job. Last minute work. Praise the Lord. They did it. They got it together. And they put this production together for you because they know that, you know, pastor has to read the long scripture. So he says, hey, let's go ahead and put together a production about it. Yes, good job. Do it. And so, all right, so prepare yourselves. Uh, and uh, watch and listen to this production of Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said unto him, Father, give me the portion of goods that befalleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, 
these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time by command, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son is come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Oh. Kingdom Rock Productions has done it again. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Not, not bad. All right, well, let's go back up to verse number 11. Now, I want to show you some things here in the word of the Lord. As we talk about the favor of God, say with me, I need your favor. I need your favor. And also say, I have God's favor. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> verse number 11, I want you to see something. And it says, a certain man, of course, had two sons. Now, look at verse number 12. The younger of them asked the father to give him the portion of goods that befalleth to him. So the, father divided unto, so the father divided unto them his living. I want you to see something. This is already a demonstration of favor, already a demonstration of favor. Because the, the younger son is about to ask for something that obviously he did not earn. And inheritance is not given to you because you've earned it. Right. This is someone else's living, someone else's money and, and items and, and stuff that they've accumulated up until that point. Right. So the younger son is about to receive really one third of the total net worth of the father. The older son will get the older son in scripture always received a double portion. So the younger son, because it's just two sons, this, the younger son's about to receive one third of the inheritance. All right. So he's about to receive a lot, apparently. But not only the younger son, the older son is also going to receive now. And the older son does not receive because he has asked. He received because of the relationship, because of his association. Now, this should tell you again, you need to watch who you hang around with, because this can happen to the good, as it is in this case, and also to the bad. Because this younger son, even though he's about to squander this, He's about to squander it, but he's about to receive wealth. He's about to receive an impartation from the father uh, because he asked for it, not because he worked for it, not because he earned it. Amen. This is a demonstration again of favor. Yes, he's about to receive it because he asked. Notice that the younger son goes to the father and because of his quote unquote prayer, he receives and his older brother receives also. Are you hearing just being in the company of someone that knows how to talk to the father can also bring you blessings. Are you hearing me? Oh, this is so powerful. Now I want you to see something too. If we look at verse number, uh, look at verse number 18. Let's yeah, let's go there. Verse 18 says, um, well, this is of course, after the prodigal son uh, was out in the pig pen as we read about just a moment ago and he's out there and he's just squandered all his all of his things and he says I have sinned against heaven and before thee this is his confession uh, that he's making that he's going to make before his father he sinned before heaven he sinned before heaven really because of what he has done with the life that has been given to him 
Remember, the father gave to him his living, his living. He has squandered his living, the father's life. So this is the, uh, this is the sin, as, as it were, the sin against heaven because he has squandered the father's life on doing things that please him. When he went out partying and spending, spending all this stuff on, on harlots or whatever and gambling and all that stuff, that was all about him to gratify his flesh. It was not the father's will. So in that he sinned before heaven, he, was, he squandered the father's life and squandering the father's life uh, was of course a sin against heaven and he said he father I've sinned against you because I've asked you to give me something that was out of season it was good that he received it but obviously he was not ready for it but it was released to him he put his father in that, in that position and because he asked he received it now I want you to see something as well uh, I want you to notice something in verse number 20 notice the reaction of the father to sin here again, we're going to notice the heart of God and notice the heart of man. We're going to see this. Verse 20 says, and, and he arose and came to his father. And uh, when he was a great, great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now we're going somewhere today. I want you to see this. Notice the father's reaction after the lost son or the, or the prodigal son comes back to him. Notice, notice he does not greet him with shame, guilt, and condemnation. He greets him with love and acceptance. Love and acceptance. Even though this fallen son, this lost son, has just lived a life betraying his father's will and purpose. Notice the heart of God and also notice the heart of Jesus. How the Bible says that sinners and publicans were coming to him and Jesus greeted them and he ate with them and he welcomed them. Jesus is telling them the heart of the father within this parable. Are you hearing me? So the father greets him and uh, has compassion on him. And you'll notice as we read uh, further on in how the father ran out to meet him. The father ran out to meet him. And it was also at the very end of the parable when the elder son was outside and didn't want to come into the party. The father went out to meet him. The father always goes out to meet you and to seek you. That's incredible. Here again, this is also an act of favor. You'll notice how the younger son said, um, he said, well, he's thinking to himself, because I've done this, I don't deserve to be called your son. Make me your hired servant. This was his request. He said because he thought that because of his works, because of what he has done, he's deserving only um, to be a servant. He's no longer deserving to, be, to have the status of a son. But we know the father says, uh, it really just sort of ignores his request, and he gives him three things. We're going to talk about those three things in a minute. But I want you to notice something, how the younger son goes to the father and makes a request of the father based on what he has done. Hear this. He comes to the father and makes a request of the father based on what he has done, based on his works. The eldest son also says to the father, father, these years I have served you and you've never given me a party, you've never given me anything because, listen, because I have served you faithfully. 
The young, the older son points to what he's been doing and says, you should give me favor. You should give me things based on what I have done. Same thing the younger son said, you should make me this based on what I have done. Neither one of the sons got what they thought they deserved. The younger son said, I should be made a hired servant. That's what he thought he deserved. But the father said, no, he gave them the, the ring. He gave him the robe. He gave them the shoes. Didn't give him what he thought he deserved. Same thing for the elder son. The elder son said, you know what? I deserve a party. I deserve all of this because I have been so good. Are you hearing? And he didn't get what he thought he deserved either. Are you hearing? This reveals to us the favor of God. The favor of God, the Father is exemplifying his favor apart from works. He's exemplifying his favor apart from works. And we're going to see that further on in the scripture, but we're warming up with this. So, and I pray that you're hearing today. See this pattern of favor apart from works, either from quote unquote positive works, the elder son, or uh, negative works, uh, the younger son. Apart from that, God shows and releases favor. Are you hearing? Amen. The younger son receives the ring, robe, and shoes, or sandals. The oldest son is told simply, all that I have is already yours. Amen. And we're going to see that today. I, I just love this. And so I want you to see here, because the things that the father gives to this younger son, who is obviously not deserving of it. He is not deserving of this. But there are three things that the father gives to him uh, that echoes royally. First of all, he gives him a robe. This robe uh, is righteousness. It symbolizes uh, that his sins were completely covered, completely forgiven, and that the old life was gone and that he had been reestablished re in the family. So when the prodigal son came, I'm sure when he left, he left with fine things. I'm sure he bought fine things while he was out. But now he's in, he was in the pig pen. And what he had that was fine, I'm sure wasn't smelling so fine anymore. I'm sure he wasn't looking so fine. So he comes back home in rags. He comes back home in filth. And the first thing the father does is cover him with a royal garment. He covers his sin. He covers his past. He completely redeems him. And so now his nakedness is no longer seen. When people see him from a distance, they don't see his past. They don't see the stench. They don't see the filth. They see the robe that the father provided for him. This is an act of favor because the robe was something that this young man did not deserve. But this was an act of favor and grace from the father on his part. Are you hearing me? So that's the first thing that, that God does for us. You have been given a robe of favor. A robe of favor. Where else do we find a robe of favor? Well, we find a robe of favor there in the story of Joseph, right? How his father gave to Joseph a coat of many colors, a robe, a coat of many colors. This was a demarcation of favor, saying that I favor you, I place you higher than the rest. So, first of all, he was not deserving of the favor, but God gave it to him anyway. 
Now you need to see this. You need to see this because there is there is now and there's going to be. I can tell you this prophetically. There is now and there there is also going to be a dispensation of gifts that God is going to release to the body. But if you're not in the mind of receiving the favor of God, then you will disqualify yourself from receiving the gifts. You will disqualify yourself from receiving um, receiving what God wants to do through you. How many times have, have God called upon you, I wonder, or in the past or called upon others, and God may have said, you know, I want to use you to do so-and-so. I want to use you. But the first thing we do is go back to our works. Well, I haven't prayed enough. Well, I haven't given enough. Well, I, I, you know, I haven't, haven't served you enough. Well, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And we begin to disqualify ourselves from receiving the favor of God. When the father is a good father, he's a good, good father, and he wants to shower his children with gifts. But if you point to your own works, whether evil or, or what we call good or positive works, if you point to them, then you'll find the favor of God will point away from you. If you think that you're deserving of it, I ought to get a blessing. I've been paying my tithes all week. I ought to get a blessing. I come to church all the time. I ought to get a blessing. All you're doing is turning the favor of God away from you. You're turning it away from you. You have to be in position to receive the favor of the Lord. How do you do that? By knowing that you don't deserve it. By receiving it as a gift and not as a wage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that you're hearing. The first thing he does, he gives him a robe. He covers, he covers his unrighteousness. He makes him righteous. When the other servants see him, oh, weren't you the one that was out there in the world? Weren't you the one who was doing all of that? Weren't you the one who was out there partying and in all that kind of sin? Weren't you the one? But they couldn't say anything because they saw the robe. The robe meant that the father had fully approved of him and that the son was fully restored. And God has fully approved of you and has fully restored you. You wear a robe. You wear the righteousness that Jesus Christ has provided. Amen. Say with me, I am righteous. I am righteous. And I didn't deserve it. I say didn't because the moment God gave you the righteousness of Christ, you do now deserve it. But not because of you, because he makes you deserving. Let's not get it slanted. Because I see some super saints who say, well, I deserve this and I, I deserve that. But they never mention they never mention that in context of the goodness of God. They say they say when they say they say it in context of their works. I have read my Bible. I have studied my word. I have come to church. I have done this. I have done that. I have done this. Lo, these many years do I serve thee. And you haven't blessed me yet. They say. Are you hearing? If you point to your works. For a favor of God. For the favor or the blessing of God. You've just disqualified yourself. Because no flesh is going to glory in his presence. I thank God that you're hearing this today.
because God is setting you up to receive his favor, something that you did not earn, something that you don't deserve. This is going to happen to you, but you must be in position to receive it, realizing that you did not deserve, that you did not earn it, that this is a favor of God upon your life and that he does this for you simply because he loves you. Hallelujah. Simply because he loves you. Hallelujah. And so he gives him a rope. Then he, secondly, he gives him a ring. This ring is a signet ring. In other words, it's a demarcation of authority. He restores, he restores his authority. He gives him a ring. This ring also gives this uh, younger son the ability to do business for the father. So one, he gives him righteousness. Secondly, he gives him authority to do business in the name of the father. You have God's ring on your hand too. It's the name of Jesus. It gives you authority to do business in the name of the father. He gives you his robe. He get, that is, he gives you righteousness. The righteousness that God provides through Jesus Christ. Secondly, he gives you authority. He gives you the ring. Put a ring on his hand. All of this is undeserving. I'm sure the young man still smells like a pig. Still smells like sin. Not deserving. And listen, the father didn't wait for him. Oh, oh so you coming back in here now, huh? Oh, yeah, you coming back in. I can see some people saying, oh, you coming back up in here now, huh? Where you been? Now you want what? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just see you out for a while. What? Servant? Yeah, you need to get your little hiney out there and work in the field for a while. Then we'll see how faithful you going to be, and then we'll see. Well, I'll see about making some favor for you. I'll see about doing something for you. After you have proven yourself to me for a while, get on back up in there. What's wrong with you? But the father didn't wait till he qualified himself. Before he even did the first thing, bring it quickly and put it on him. Because the father wants to show his favor and his grace and how good he is. On the same token, before Jesus Christ did any public miracles, the Lord, at least that are written in the scripture, before he did anything, before he cast out the first demon or before he raised the dead or, or, healed, any, or healed any of the sick, before he did any of that, he was there found at the river, river Jordan being baptized of John. And when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him and the father said, behold, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God said he was pleased with Jesus before Jesus did the works of God. Are you hearing? Before he did any works, God already said, I'm pleased with you. And see, that needs to be established in your heart. That, that the pleasing or, the, or, or how God feels about you, the love of God, has very little to do with your works. Are you hearing this? And secondly, or rather third, he gives, him, uh, he gives him new shoes, gives him new sandals. This talks about a new way of life, a new way of living. He gives him a new life altogether. So this is powerful. Now here again, God is setting you up. Uh, let those that have an ear hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying because God is setting up his people to receive favor because he's increasing, uh, we can say, uh, or he's decreasing uh, the, the time in a day. Uh, the days are going faster, moving faster. 
and his plan will be rapidly uh, accelerated. That's what we want to say. The plan of God is accelerating. And because of that, he because his plan is accelerating, there's not enough time for you to go through the usual challenge, the usual um, cha uh, channels to receive wealth the usual channels to receive uh, promotions and all these other things. So he has to accelerate the time by releasing his favor into your life. That will cause you to reach that point that you should have been 20 years from now. It will cause you to, to reach that thing in 20 months or in 20 days or in 20 weeks. The favor of God is going to be extended to you. Because the time is because the time is uh, is accelerating. Now, notice how so. Notice also the father says to um, his younger son. He says, "My son was dead, and is alive. My son was dead and is alive." Now, who is receiving this favor? The one that was dead, or the one that is alive? The one that is alive, right? The one that has been when you die and you come back to life. That has to do with some sort of a resurrection that has something to do with a new birth, right? Or a rebirth. This talks about a born again experience. All of this talks about salvation. You gave your life to Jesus. And the moment you did that, the Lord gave you a, a robe. He gave you righteousness. He gave you a ring. He gave you authority. And he gave you a new lifestyle. He gave you new shoes. Hallelujah. To operate and to move about in the kingdom. Glory to God. Those that were born again, reborn, resurrected in so many words. God already issued out favor. Now, another thing that you can see here, too, as it relates to salvation, is that even though uh, the young man left home, that is, when he left home, he broke fellowship with the father. But the relationship was never broken. The young man was just as much as the father's son at home as he was there in the pig pen. He was still his son. The fellowship was broken. When he broke the fellowship with the father, all evil came. Evil things came. He slowly began to deteriorate. Finances slowly began to deteriorate. Position, prestige, slowly, all that slowly began to deteriorate. There was nothing upholding him. There it out of fellowship with his father. But once he came back into fellowship with his father, all things were restored. But the young man was always his son. This again talks about the born again experience. Once you are born of God, born of the womb of the spirit, that is you have a new created spirit, uh, all things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. Once you are indeed born of God, you cannot be unborn. There's no such thing as being unborn. What year were you born? Well, I was born back in 1970. Uh, what year were you unborn? What? You can't go back and be unborn. So once you are born, you have been born. You are here. By the same token, if you are born of God, born again, you cannot be unborn. You have a living spirit. You are alive in him, recreated in Christ Jesus to do good works. You cannot be unborn. That means you are as sure for heaven as if you were already there. Once you are truly born of God, born of the spirit. 
Now, we get this thing all twisted and mixed up. What do you mean if I come to church, I give my life to Jesus, I can walk on out the door and act like a devil and do all this stuff and I'll still get to heaven? Well, in that scenario, if you can walk out the door and do whatever you do, whatever you're going to do and root and toot and poot and shoot and whatever you do, all of that out there, that tells me that the seed of God is really not in you in the first place. He's really not there in the first place because your desire is to be for the father. But there is a time when saints will slip and some will get entangled with the things of the world. And some will be, and some may even backslide. But even the backslidden saint, if they are truly born of God, they feel the call of home. They feel the call of father. I need to return. I need to return. There's something I am missing. There's something I am missing. My heart aches for home. My heart aches for home. Even though they may be drinking up or snorting up or shooting up, they still feel, I need to go home. This is not where I belong. This is not not me. I must return to my father's house. I must return to my father's house because only there would they find peace. But even when they were out, they were still a son. They were out of fellowship and bad things happened, but they were still in relationship. Does that make sense? You say, well, well, I don't believe that. What do you believe, brother? Well, I believe once you give your life to the Lord Jesus, you ought, to, um, you ought to continue to do right. And if you continue to do right, then God will, make you, then, then God will let you in heaven. Okay, okay, wait. You're saying that uh, the blood of Jesus is not enough. Because if the salvation that God provided for you, the salvation that Jesus said is finished on the cross. If you say that I've, I've got to have salvation plus my good works, salvation plus my good works, then equals to heaven. I can get into heaven. Then equals that God approves of me. This then equals that God likes me and that I'm righteous in his sight. Salvation, Jesus believing in Jesus and also living a good life, brother. That means that that then you'll be right in the sight of God. That's all mixed up and that is a false gospel. Because what they're saying is that the cross of Christ, the blood of Jesus was not enough to save you. Does that mean we don't do work? Of course we're going to do work. Of course we will. But our working on this side of the cross, that we're not working for righteousness. We're working from our place of righteousness. Does that make sense? We're working for God because we are grateful for what he has done for us, not because we're trying to earn his favor. Yes, yes. We have his favor because of birth. By birth, you are already blessed with his favor. Say with me, I have the favor of God. Say, I have the favor of God. The favor of God is upon me now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, this favor you did not deserve and you did not earn. Hallelujah. But it was given to you as a free gift. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
It is the grace of God that is imparted to you. Now the enemy wants to launch traps and, and tricks and snares at you, trying to say, uh, trying to get you back into works, saying you don't deserve this and you don't deserve that and this and that. You haven't done enough, enough of this. You haven't been to church enough. You haven't given enough. You haven't done this enough. Trying to disqualify you from receiving the favor of God. Because remember, if you point back to your works, you're going to disqualify yourself. Does that, does that make sense? And so the Lord gives him uh, the robe, the ring, and the shoes, and they celebrate, the father celebrates his son's rebirth. Because you know, the angels of heaven rejoice over one sinner that comes to Christ. So there's a celebration. And the father said it was meat. He told his son, his elder son, it was meat. It was necessary for us to celebrate this born again experience. It is meet to, for us to celebrate. Now, here's the thing as well. You can come to church. You can read your Bible. You can give in an offering and still go straight to hell. You can work in the food bank. You can work in a soup kitchen. You can help old people out with their groceries, go into their car from the grocery store and still go straight to hell. You can take communion and still go straight to hell. You can be baptized and still go straight to hell. Why is that? Because none of that gives you entrance into heaven. It is only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is only through believing in his death, burial, and resurrection are you truly saved. All these other things are good things to do. Keep on doing them. They're great things, but they don't get you to heaven. Only Jesus gets you to heaven. Being in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, and amen. Are you hearing? Now, as you are in relationship with Jesus, he'll lead you to work at the food bank. He'll lead you to do good things. Hallelujah. He'll lead you to let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify the Father. He'll lead you into, uh, into doing good because God is a good God. And if the good God is on the inside of you, you're going to find yourself also doing good. Does that, does that make sense? But if you point to your works and say, I'm getting in because of this, you've disqualified yourself from receiving the favor of God. Hallelujah. I pray you're getting this today. And so I want you to see something here. As the father goes out to the, to the elder brother, and I want you to see, this is, this is so good, in verse number 28. Verse 28, you, we, will see, we see the reaction of the religious. Because the younger son would be one we can say as one who receives the grace of God, receives the favor of God. He's the one who has a relationship with the father. The younger son is relational, but the older son is, listen, he is transactional. The younger son is relational in that he goes to the father and he speaks to him. Father, give me the stuff that belongs to me. He's one who comes back and says, Father, I messed up. He's relational. He's talking back and forth. We don't see where the older son is relational, but we do, him see, do, we do see him being transactional. You ought to give to me because I have done this. I have worked for you. I have worked for you. I have done this, so you ought to do that. Transaction. 
Transaction, I give you money, you give me this. You give me that, I give you this. Transaction, we don't, you don't have a, really have a relationship with the cashier at Walmart. You don't really have a, have a relationship with your boss. You don't really have to have a relationship. That's a transaction. The younger, the younger son, relational. And because of his relationship, the older son received blessings. Are you hearing? But notice something here. Again, both the younger and the older son, as we begin to close here. The, both the older and the younger son, as we said before, pointed to what they had done an expectation of receiving something from the father. The moment you point to what you have done, an expectation of receiving from the father, you will disqualify yourself. You have to say, you have to know, I don't deserve this. This is a gift from God. I receive this as a gift. I receive this as a gift. I receive the anointing as a gift. I receive it as a gift. The success, I receive it as a gift from God. Are you hearing? I want you to see the religious mind. Let's bring up verse number 30 again. I want you to see this as we begin to close. I want you to see the religious mind. We're going to look at verse 30 and 31 and really get into this and then we'll close out today. There's so much more that we can get into. But I think we may save this for next time. Verse 30 and 31. Let's look at this. Verse 30 says, but as soon as this thy, thy son was come, which have devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Uh, verse 31, and he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me, and all thy have is thine. So that's, I want you to see that. Now the religious mind says, grab a hold of this. The religious mind says, your son that has sinned, you've given him favor. In other words, your son that did bad, you gave him good. That's not fair. Favor is not fair. This was his argument. Father, your younger son has done bad, so he does not deserve to get good. He's saying, I have done good. I've served you, so I deserve to get good. Right? That's a religious mind, but it is not the mind of favor. Amen. The mind of favor is this. You do bad, and you've been bad, but because he is good, you will get good. Make sense? The religious mind says, you do bad, you get bad. Religious mind says, you do good, you get good. The only problem with that is that we can't do good enough to get good enough. You can't do good enough for a long period of time to get the good that you need. So Father just graces you with it. Apart from your goodness or your badness. Because he loves you. This is what we call the favor of God. And because of the favor of God, when you realize that you're receiving the favor of God, you don't mind worshiping and praising him. 
because you know that you have that, you are there, you are positioned there, not because of you, but because of him. This makes you grateful, this makes you, this makes you thankful, and it fills your heart with so much gratitude, and you begin to bless the Lord, and you can point to your friends and say, I am here by the grace of God. Or as Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Hallelujah. By his grace today, by his grace. If it were not for his grace, I would have lost my mind a long time ago. If it were not for his grace, I would have been dead a long time ago. I receive and recognize the favor of God and the grace of God upon my life. If you see anything good about me, baby, it's not me. It's the grace of God upon me. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? You must learn to identify the grace of God apart from your works. You need favor. And the Father's willing to give you his favor. But you can't be stuck up and think it's all about you. It's all about him. So the religious mind says, again, you do good, you get good. You do bad, you should get bad. But God, who is rich in mercy toward all, even though someone does bad, if they receive his favor, will still get good. This is your father who causes the rain to fall down on the just as well as the unjust. The same sun shines on the axe murderer as it did there on Mother Teresa. He's good. And don't you think he's willing to do even more so to those that call upon his name? To those that bless his name? He wants to abound you richly with his grace and favor all in your life. But you must acknowledge him. You must acknowledge him. That is not about you. Don't point to you and what you have done. Point to Jesus and what he has done. Because the moment you say, I don't deserve this, I've done this, and I've done that, I've been bad, I've been bad, I've been bad, you will disqualify yourself. Point to him. That is, God gives you much grace to come before his presence. In the time of needing, you can pray, and you can seek his face, and you can ask him for your healing. You can ask him for deliverance. You can ask him for the job. You say, but I haven't done this. There you are again, trying to, trying to qualify yourself. God says, stop trying to qualify yourself and just ask just ask just ask hallelujah just ask because when you ask apart from your works you'll find the favor of God releasing your life I pray you've heard the word of God today we're gonna stop there in Jesus mighty name hallelujah hallelujah glory to God we love you so very much Jesus we pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.